time for Mac Geek Gab, and listener Tony brings us our quick tip of the week with uh, a tip. He says he wanted to add his iPad, an app to his iPad's dock, and it wasn't a new app, just something that he's recently started using again, and he had no idea where to find it in his never-ending list of scrolling screens, and he thought something would work, and it did. He did the usual swipe down to pull up the Safari series. It's not the Safari search, the series search on his iPad and type the name of the app. And of course, it appeared in the list like it does anytime we search for an app, hopefully. And then he held his finger on it and dragged it down to his dock and to his delight. It worked. This also works on the iPhone and on the Mac as well. More quick tips like this, plus your questions answered and cool stuff found today on Mac Geek Gab 1016 for Monday, January 1st. Happy New Year 2024! Welcome to Mac Geek Gab, the show where you send in tips like Tony did. You send in questions like you'll hear in a minute. You'll send in cool stuff found. We try to answer your questions. We share your tips. We share your cool stuff found all with the purpose of ensuring that we each learn at least five new things every single time we get together Sponsors for this episode include LinkedIn.com slash MGG, where you can go and post your first job for free. We'll talk more about that in a little bit. For now, here in Durham, New Hampshire, on this new year, I'm Dave Hamilton. And here, finally, in snowy South Dakota, <laughs> I'm Adam Christensen. And Pilot Pete is somewhere in New Hampshire with his yes, mute he switch is. on. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when I go to Sniffle, I went in. I was being kind. I muted Appreciate while you were that. reading the opening quick tip. I sniffled and then I didn't unmute. So, <laughs> <laughs> Dave, I should just open the window and shout out the window really loud. Good really morning. Loud. Happy New Year, everybody. Pilot Pete from New Hampshire. Yeah. I'm glad you got snow, Adam. I guess. Right? That's yeah. a good thing? Okay. We had a white Christmas. Nice. Oh, that is kind of nice. So, yeah. 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 Cool. That was good. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, well, we have lots of quick tips to go through today. Pete, you want to bring us to yours? Yeah, absolutely. So Andrew wrote say. in and told us, he said, uh, there was a recent discussion on MGG, uh, the episode before Christmas, where a listener wrote in and set, uh, talked about sending automatic notification to his family about food being on its way and to set the table. He said, to me, the easy way to do this is to have a message group set up and to do the, hey, Siri, hey, yes, lady. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> Cancel. <laughs> send a message to X group, blah, blah, blah. And there are some notifications you can send and receive to people as long as you are sharing location with those people like you do on a family plan. For example, when my now adult daughter is in town and passes the local post office, which is a local landmark, I get a notification that she's just passed the post office. Ah. Uh, it, it gets a little different here, but he says to a former love interest. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you're stalking or she's stalking, but. <laughs> I, I think this was maybe while they were oh, interested while in each other. Oh, they were still a thing. Okay. Yeah, I got you. Exactly. All right. <laughs> oh, yeah. He says, I used to send. I used to send the important word there. I used to send notification to her that I was in her neighborhood. Cool. So how do I do that? Go to find my, 
go to people and choose a person. Under the notifications, click add. Choose notify yourself or the other person and then set the parameters. It works pretty cool. This is, for example, you could use it to notify someone that you've left work or you're 10 minutes from home or work, you know, by choosing a landmark that's thus far away, uh, that sort of thing. So it's a, it's a really cool way of using geofencing to automatically send notifications to people when and where, when and when you will be in the neighborhood. Huh? So, yeah. I, I had used that occasionally, you know, to stalk my family, like, let me know when mm-hmm. my wife is leaving the, the gym or whatever so that I, yeah. you know, would get, but it, now when you do that, and, and this started a couple of years ago, uh, it says, you know, if you do this, the other person's going to know that you did this. Right. And, right. and then that felt, that made it feel a whole lot creepier that I was doing this. So I stopped, but, um, <laughs> Actually, it seems less creepy that they know. <laughs> it is less creepy that they know, but it, they they would know I was being creepy about yeah. uh, gotcha. you know about about stalking yeah. them. Uh, but it, you know, it's 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 handy. Like I would want to know when my wife's leaving the gym, so it's like, oh, I've got twenty minutes, like so that I can be wrapped up and ready to like make dinner together or whatever when she gets back. Like this will be great. So yeah, yeah, yeah it really wasn't from home. Get the boyfriend out. That's right. That's right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> This is, have you had good luck with geofencing? This is the thing. I've, I've played around with this, and I felt like sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't. But I w- more wanted to use it for automations. Like I used to have a one of those Q garage door opener things, yep. you know, that you could ask Siri to do the garage door or whatever. Yeah. And um, it never quite worked 100% for me. So <laughs> I... I, I use an automation to automatically turn my Wi-Fi back on and join my home Wi-Fi when I get home. Yeah. Yeah, that, that worked. I have the same one, and that works for me. Um, and I, yeah, and, and that is a geofenced, uh, you know, automation. Yeah. I don't know that I have any others geofenced. In fact, I, I can confidently say that I don't. But, yeah, yeah. I don't know I, if it was a geofencing or just the product. I mean, maybe part of the problem was the, the product itself. But, you know, I was, I had this dream of, you know, I would drive into my neighborhood and drive near my house and my garage door would automatically open. Wouldn't yes. Be wonderful. Yes. I, I, well, if it was like the Chamberlain, my Q stuff or whatever, they've, yeah. they've gone out of their way in recent months to really break that. Like they, they, I think they end of life, their home kit integration product and then they also like broke the API so you can't use it with uh with Homebridge anymore. So oh, it, no. Yeah, I, I don't even know anyway. how I would re- control it anymore. Like I I have a Wi-Fi garage door. I think I have two of them. Um but like I I don't I don't know how I would control it. I guess I would use their app and only their app, which is like, well, cool, but I, I used to use it just, you know, manually, like a caveman. I would right. tell Siri to, sorry, I would tell the S lady to <laughs> open my garage as I got into the neighborhood. Like, I, I would be my own geofence, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And it was yeah. great. Like, I loved it. But you can't do that anymore. They, and I meant to tell Pete earlier, you don't have to, you, if you're up to date on your uh, S lady stuff, you don't even have to do that hey part anymore. Correct. That's right. right. That's which is why yeah. I, I 
<laughs> apologized for saying that the word anyway. Yeah. yeah, I said the word and nothing happened. So I've been noticing yeah. that that that's actually gotten smarter. I think yeah. this lady is more self aware. Yeah, than she used to be. I I I yeah, and I don't know that that's a good, good thing. <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, but every now and then you can give a command. Remember, it was a quick tip some shows back that you can just hold up your watch and say 20 minutes and it'll, yes. set, it'll set a timer. So you don't even yes. need to say your name. That's right. Wow. That's yeah. right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't know that. I'll have to give that a shot. It's cool. It's great. Yeah. 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 Um, I, about the MyQ thing, I am seeing... Two comments in our Discord chat at uh, com slash Discord. And, of course, you can you can join the live stream when we're doing it. And if you want to know when we're doing it, com slash calendar allows you to subscribe yourself to it, the exact same calendar that the three of us use to coordinate the show. So it it, it is almost guaranteed to be accurate because uh, if, if we're not here, then we're not live streaming the show. But uh, it, Rich W says... Because of that, I had to drop my queue and ordered a Maros system uh, instead. And he says he plans to install it this weekend. So I did not even know that Maros made a uh, garage door opener system. Yeah. So, so Rich, you're going to need to follow up with us and tell, it, tell us how it went. Yeah. Tell us all about it. Tell, Give yeah. us a how-to. Please. And then uh, Paul Conaway, in, also in the chat, says, I'm using iSmartGate. And I don't... I don't even know what that is, but uh, we're going to go, we're going to take a quick look here. Is this like a, it, it, is it its own garage door opener or is it a uh, an interface? An interface. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It looks yeah. like, uh, I can't tell if it's, it's, is it its own? Is it like the entire opener or does it work? Does it just remote control other openers? It's just an interface. Ah, okay. Yeah. This is very interesting. Well, yeah. We're going to have to do some research. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Interesting. Right. And what's this? Um, let's look on Amazon here and see what the... They need to tell me the price. Okay, just get me to the, the iSmartGate Pro. Like, I just want to go... go show me the money. Oh, it's less, less than 50 bucks is, is what it seems to be. Oh, okay. Okay, this might be the. Oh well, no. The sorry, the pro is two hundred bucks. So okay, so we'll we'll. I don't. I don't know what the differences are. <laughs> that shouldn't be two. an issue. Everybody got a bunch of Amazon gift cards for Christmas. That's Go kind blow of them. Fair, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you don't want to break. And plus, you don't want to break the trend of us emending really expensive things. Right, got to cost you a lot of money. Heard it in any fun. You might be able to get away with the smart gate light. Uh, the mini yeah. probably not for for us, but the the light, uh, yeah, the light is going to be 150 bucks, so it's 150 or 200. So yeah, the okay. pro and the pro can control two doors, uh, he says. So yes, actually, it can control three doors, which is uh-huh. kind of magic. Probably not in my house since two of them are in a different building from the other one. But I digress. All right, uh, yeah, we will uh, we will dig more into that. That's fascinating. I'm glad we had this little tangential conversation. Little, little side, <laughs> yeah. Well, the tangents are often where the you know where the gems are found, right? The gems are found. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yep. This is it, you know I say it all the time. These are things I love about doing the show is I get to learn too. And uh, Grumpy found a uh, oh he he made a garage door opener 
uh, and and a Homebridge plugin for, or he got a garage door opener and put a uh, built a Homebridge plugin for it. So yeah, our Discord is full of really smart people, way smarter than me, and uh, it's awesome. Like it's a really great community. MacKeycap slash Discord. All right, uh, on to one of the. Uh, actually many smart people i think we had this comment from bruce and paul and and several others uh and then there's there is a discord component to this but i will share in the last episode we talked about delaying sends and adam you were saying you wanted something that you know allowed you to delay more than 30 seconds i I think it was you maybe it was me uh bruce writes to delay sending an email in apple mail for more than 30 seconds just go to the send icon at the top and click the little down arrow, which will give you several options. Send now, send at 9 p.m. tonight, or send later, dot, dot, dot. And that dot, dot, dot means that there is more to this option. And when you click yeah. that, it lets you set a date and time for delivery. He says, I use this often to send out a reminder to a group every Monday morning, reminding them of a Tuesday morning group meeting. Don't overlook Apple's email client. Yeah, I had I had oh. forgotten about that. Maybe it was UP. I don't know. I, we had the discussion. I can't well, yeah, remember. yeah. I, you know, I did it because I want to be able to send something, a text to my right. wife's phone, and then we talked about using mail to text and later.io. Yeah, this would work for me with one minor exception. Once I turn my phone off because I'm on the airplane, it isn't going to send that that mail at that given date and time. That's correct. But yeah. I, I had no idea that was there. How yep. many, you know, those things right in front of your nose. How yep. am I expected to see that? Yep. Well, it gets even better because Ben in our Discord created a script. He wanted every email to be sent five minutes later, not just 30 seconds Ooh. later. And so, it, it, which you used to be able to do with yeah. the mail plugin called Mail Acton. Uh, that plugin does not work with Sonoma Mail. And so Ben wrote an Apple script that, uses user interface scripting to trigger that send later thing and cue it for five minutes from that moment in time. And he has published that script in our discord. The link is in the show notes at MacKeyCab.com or at mgg.fm slash 1016. Cause this is episode 1016 or in your email box. If you sign up for show notes in your email at MacKeyCab.com. So, um, or if you're in discord, you can just go there, but, uh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a decent little script, and he's iterated on it a few times, as one often does with well any coding, not just Apple Script. <laughs> but, yeah. but it seems like he's he's polished it up pretty pretty nicely. So yep, that's awesome. Yep, yep. I love this. Stuff. Thanks, Ben. Indeed, indeed. And I think you can trigger it with uh, like keyboard maestro or or whatever. Speaking of the S lady, did you know that she knows how to do the laundry, Pete? What? Well, not My wife's really. going to love to hear that. Well, but Todd. Uh, she isn't going to haul it up and downstairs and fold it, is she? Mm, no, I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Todd writes in, he says, not really, but Siri does know. Uh, I did it again. Uh, does does know how to interpret the logos on the cleaning instructions of a clothing label. And it, Todd sent us a, a picture, you know, that, that he had taken of the clothing label and it has like all the weird hieroglyphics that we've all learned to ignore or at least i certainly have and then 
like you could with a, a photo of a pet and it'll tell you what kind of dog or cat it is or whatever. You go into photos, you swipe up, and then there's an option there that says look up laundry care. And it gives you a key to tell you that like the triangle <laughs> with lines through it means bleaching with non-chlorine agents or the the one with the, the square with a circle in the middle, tumble drying, maximum 60 degrees Celsius. Like, it tells you all the things oh, yeah. to do or not to do with, um, with a, uh, you know, with the, 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 the laundry instructions. Right. I, that, I, cool. Yeah. It, so there's a lot baked in there into the old, uh, the old S lady. They keep adding more to that, that photo recognition stuff. So. Yeah. I think we we'll keep discovering things like this. That's really cool. I didn't know about the laundry thing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I use I, it for plants all the time because it does plants too. So Oh yeah. Does it do birds? I would imagine I do, it does. I do not know if it does bird species or not. Yeah. And now I want to know. All right. Feedback <laughs> at MacGeekup.com. Let us know if you know. Because that we, yeah. we love it. I didn't this even stuff. think of trying that. I saw a bird the other day and I looked it up at, uh, I basically had to describe it and it's like oh yeah, there was that app for a while from yes. Cornell. I mean, yes, I think the yeah. app probably still exists. Uh, I think I used their website to to determine it. Yeah, Instead isn't that app, just the Audubon? I, didn't have I think an, there's an Audubon app that does that. Too. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was hoping to upload a picture and look, but I just had to describe it. It looked like a blue robin. Turns out to be an eastern bluebird for those curious. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was called Merlin or something. I don't know if it's. I don't know if it actually exists anymore. Um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, mm, Merlin Bird ID. Yeah, maybe it does. Cornell Lab. Yep, there it is. All right, I'll put that in the. Uh, we're all over the place today, but that's right? okay. <laughs> uh, that's fine. Shall we uh, talk about Alan and yeah. some mail and links? Yeah. Please. So this. This is this is a good one uh, because, you know, mail got all fancy. And, you know, when you put a link in there, basically it wants to turn it into this, you know, beautiful preview image thing. And yeah. you've got that feature in there. And I don't know when this was added. And Alan says that maybe it was added in Ventura. I don't remember when it was added either, Alan. But he says because of that, he likes to just send the plain text link. So he would be constantly clicking on the little arrow and selecting convert to plain text yeah. link, which you can do in that thing. But he says, actually there's a, there's a better way. And he says, he's a little slow. I don't think you're slow, Alan. I think a lot of people probably missed this. So Same. Yeah. he says, I figured out you can change the default behavior to show the plain link by unchecking the option in mail settings, composing add link previews. So just turn that off. And now you'll have always plain text links. And I would assume or hope uh, you could probably right click on that and then, flip it back the other way manually yeah. rather than kind of switch the behavior. I would guess, but I haven't tried that yet. Oh yeah. That does make sense yeah. that, yeah, you're setting the default. And so the alternate becomes the other. Yeah. yeah. I would hope, but one would I'll hope. test that out right now. But when Alan sent that, he said, if any, if it's even possible for anyone to be slower than me, I just replied with an avatar with the hand up. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be me. Yeah. We all miss these things. It's impossible for any one of us. Certainly it's impossible for me. I don't mean to speak for everybody, but it's impossible for me to like even remember all the things we've talked about on the show. I, you know, right. there's, there's times where it's like, oh yeah, I, I, now that you say that again, it sounds familiar, but mm, yeah, 
Yeah. It's like, uh, so, uh, I just, just checked it. Yes. There is a little down arrow that comes up next to the Lincoln mail and you can go show pre- preview. There you go. So yep. You can switch it back and forth. But yeah, that reminds me. Allison also often says how many times she's going to look up how to do something and finds her own. Yeah. Oh, work. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. yeah. You go to Google. Oh, I knew how to do that once. Uh, oh yeah. There's my show notes. That's there's, me. There's the answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. The worst is when I'm having trouble with something and I go to look it up and I find an article that I wrote like a TMO or whatever years ago. It's like, yeah, but. Like I, I need the, I need the article that's better than this. I, I don't, like, <laughs> yeah. this isn't helpful that. to me. <laughs> yeah. I need, I need the, what are they? I need something that works, not something I, I need did. the fifth edition of this article. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. How come they, you know, they've had this site for two years. How come they haven't updated it? Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Uh, Andrew, I think technically th- that is correct. In fact, I believe today or was it yesterday uh, was the anniversary of when we launched Mac Observer. I think it's the, well, we're recording this on the 29th of December. And so okay. I, I'm pretty sure that that's the, uh, that it was the 29th. I don't know why I don't uh-huh. have this on my calendar anymore, but, um, but yeah. And, uh, and it turns out that was the day that we announced the, the sale too. It just, it just worked out oddly that way anyway uh andrew shares that ios 17.2 adds some new widgets to the iphone and he says for example there is now a very useful digital watch face as opposed to analog and uh and it it has like the time in in big numbers and a second hand that sort of goes around the square rounded square bezel he says but it's worth flicking through all of them there are some other new additions. So if you or once you are up to iOS 17.2, and I highly recommend you do that, there's some security updates in there too, then uh, go ahead and, and uh, check those out. Do you guys use widgets a lot on your phones? No, no. I'm being honest. <laughs> I mean, I have, I have them. Yeah. I have a few. I mean, I guess I have a couple on the phone. The, the, the one I use the most is just the little photo one. Mm-hmm. That, you know surfaces yeah family photos and i have that on my home screen because it's fun to get it yeah you know i'll usually like when good ones come up and share them with my family or text them it's good for memories and stuff like that that's probably yeah. my favorite one but i, I guess i guess i kind of do <laughs> now yeah. i take it back i'm thinking about it because i also have the carrot weather widget on my home yeah. screen uh, yeah i was yeah. gonna say i used i use arrow weather and so that gives me the aviation weather for uh, a given airport, which I recently cool. found out for all you pilots in the audience is really cool. It, it's not only there, it's on my watch. And so when I tap an airport, you can scroll down to the frequencies for tower and ground and, uh, and all really? that. So, yeah. That's kind of handy. It really is. Especially out. when you're flying along and you're or going along on the ground and you forget that they're already in your GPS too. Oh, yep. Uh, <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> I use, I use care weather cause I like the verbal abuse. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Carrot weather is, is good. Especially when it, the weather is not pleasant out. It, it, it gives you some, it gives you someone to commiserate with, if you will. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, also in iOS 17 to lock tutor notes that, uh, 
you know those annoying spin dials you have to use in the calendar on your phone to set the start and end times? Yes. LockTutor says, I just installed 17.2 and found that if you tap on the time, it gives you a pop-up keyboard to enter the hours and minutes, which is much mm-hmm. faster. I wonder where else this feature might appear. I know we've had other like granular ways of doing this, but I don't think there's ever been a keypad before. I think this is new for 17.2. So that, that's pretty oh, cool. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If it is new, it's about time. It, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And even no if it's not, intended. it's new. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Pun acknowledged. Yep. Even if it's not new, like it's good to talk about these things because I didn't know that this was there. So, yep. Yepper. Um, Bruce has a uh, timely tip for us. He says a number of years ago, Apple introduced the ability to purchase Apple Care on an annual basis. Yep. Uh, or Apple Care Plus, I guess. However, when I purchased my M1 Mac Mini, I paid for the old school multi year subscription. Earlier this month, I got an email stating that my Apple Care Plus subscription would be expiring shortly. I figured that since I'd purchased the fixed term plan, I would soon be on my own. Several days later, I was surprised when I saw an alert that I had until the end of this month to renew my Apple Care subscription. So I immediately took advantage of that offer, and now I am good on that Mac through 2024. He says, have a happy new year. And remember, don't get caught without Apple Care. Yeah, I I am not an extended warranty person in general. However, Apple Care and now Apple Care Plus are kind of the exceptions to that rule in my world. It it has paid off many times, I think. Same. I, it, yeah. And I know it, like an extended warranty is is just a profit center for the companies offering it. Like I, I know that or they wouldn't offer it. Right. <laughs> correct. I mean, yeah. 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 Like I, I know that oh. the, the law of, of averages and, and everything says that uh, it, it's not worth it. However, in this case, I, I really kind of find that, um, that it is. So I don't know. I don't know. You, you, Adam, you're an, you're an Apple care person as well. I, I presume. Yeah. The, the you know this new option and i generally take the new option to do the you know month to month now yeah especially with like iphones and ipads and stuff like that um but you know now i have to start thinking about because i have some older older devices and this was the first year i didn't update my iphone i would imagine there's a law of diminishing returns at some point so i have to start thinking about that yeah we have to do the cost comparison if I have three years, if I'm three years into that or four years, I have a device that's four years old. I'm probably at the point where if it breaks, I'm just going to replace it. Yep. So why am I paying for Apple Care at that, yeah, at that we, point, right? We, <laughs> so there's we, like, there's a cutoff. Somewhere. Yeah, we put it on our Macs, but we do not put it on our iPhones. It's expensive on the iPhone. And we've found, you know, and we do kind of rotate iPhones through the family and I always just keep the most recent one. I sell off, you know, so if there's four of us that, that are using phones, I keep five and that's cheaper for me than paying for Apple care on all of them. And if somebody's phone, you know, suffers the event, it's going to happen. It has not yet happened. And you know, right. I'll knock on some wood there, (laughs) but, um, 
it, you know, it's going to happen at some point where somebody's phone just gets destroyed and then it's like, okay, well now you use the spare and even replacing the phone at this point would be less than having paid for it over the All years. So, so I, I guess I proved what grumpy in the chat said about Apple care and extended warranties in general, which is the house always wins, which is <laughs> correct. You know, it's like, of course, good advice. Well, we had to mean, Vegas next week. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And, I, and I hate to say this, but you know, if you do have a problem, the, the other thing that Apple care gives you that you don't get with a lot of other plans, right. Is, Usually with a, a extended warranty plan, there's some sort of mail-in or, you know, obscure, yeah. you're not going to get a hold of a person thing. Apple Care, if you have it and you call up Apple, they will help you. If you don't, mm, yeah. you know, maybe. Less though. helpful. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I yeah. hate to say that. I mean, it shouldn't be that way, but no, that's the reality. It, it, you, I agree with <laughs> you, but that that is the reality. You You get more than just the... I, I I broke it and the, the the repair is covered under warranty. You you actually get support with it too, which yeah, it's a smart. They they're not fools over there in Cupertino. It turns out um, it's like they've done this before. It's like yeah. they've done this. It's like they've survived many 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 opportunities for the company to go under. Um, so many that you might think it's not an accident anymore. So right. Yep. Yep. Uh, I want to take a minute and talk about our sponsor here, which is uh, LinkedIn at uh, LinkedIn jobs at LinkedIn.com slash MGG, right? It's the start of the new year. And I know as a small business owner, I'm asking myself this question. You're probably asking yourself this question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? And LinkedIn jobs, our sponsor here knows that your success all depends on the team that you surround yourself with that. I couldn't agree more with that. And that's why LinkedIn jobs has created the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. We've used LinkedIn jobs here. You know, my, my favorite story to tell is Sadie that does all of our uh, promotions and uh, you know, all the promo stuff that we do for the show and our social media management and all that stuff. We would never have found Sadie without using LinkedIn jobs. And it really like their tools that they have, the, the questions that you can answer people and the screening questions and all this stuff. It's really fantastic. And it's because LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. And hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates, right? So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And this is the key to achieving your 2024 mission by having the right team member to help you do that. And this is why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. And LinkedIn knows that as a small business owner, we're wearing many hats and we don't have the time or resources to hire. And LinkedIn makes the process intuitive, quick, and easy. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash MGG. That's linkedin.com slash MGG to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And our sincere thanks to LinkedIn Jobs for sponsoring this episode. All right. I want to 
jump to uh, well jp will take the uh, the next question gentlemen I of the geek gap good day this is jp calling uh query uh i use bluetooth uh speakers for my television sets uh some are marshall some are bose uh even at one time i had an apple device but my question is are there any uh factory devices that come to me that are not uh preordained to compensate for audio quality and thereby being so bassy in their uh in their playback i've noticed all of these things just muffle the crap out of everything because you know the old mp3 days that's what manufacturers did to help make music sound better when it went to streaming uh, and people were ripping cds and having compressed music so uh but i find it impossible to uh, sometimes uh, hear the dialogue uh, well because the uh, you know the stereo pairs that are being uh, simulated through the speaker are always boomy and bassy and uh, and uh, often muffle the dialogue track so I often have to unplug the uh, uh, device and just go with the television speakers which offer me uh, you know a crisper higher end even though I really don't want to do that so um I just wonder, is there, are, are there any Bluetooth speakers that exist today that do not uh, purposely compensate for you for an old uh, uh, audio quality system, you know, from back when people were ripping CDs and listening to MP3s? Now that we have such high quality audio files, uh, I just wonder, I, I, I'm just dying. I wish I had the ability to like crank the bass down when I'm, especially when I'm watching a football game. All right, Adam, you want to, uh, you want to kick us off with this? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I don't, I don't generally use Bluetooth speakers for a lot of this, these reasons. I mean, my solution for this years ago was to just bite the bullet and buy a Sonos. <laughs> and it's, <laughs> there's that it's been wonderful. I mean, it was like a simple setup, uh, you know, Set it and forget it. It's got you walk around that feature. You walk around the room. I forget what it's called right now. Where you know analyzes your room and it tunes all your audio for you. And they have also a great feature in the app for one reducing loud sounds and then two enhancing voice dialogue, which works great. So that solved a lot of the problems for me from from this perspective. How about you, Pete? You got any well, thoughts on see, this? And I was going to say I thought I had the most expensive solution, but uh, Adam, you beat me. Yeah, with, with that. Handling. Sonos is yes. expensive, yeah. but boy, is it amazing. I, I will give him that. So, yeah, I, I threw actually, money at the problem. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I actually have a partial solution. It isn't Bluetooth, but it does have the eighth inch audio jack and or the optical okay. uh, input. And it's they're available at soundfun.net. And I first saw this speaker, and I thought it was out of production because I was looking for it. And the speaker I first saw and they sent us a demo unit last year. I first saw it at CES, and we were in the big hall with dozens, or dozens, hundreds of people around, if not thousands of people around, and so the low din made it very difficult to hear anything. And so what they did was they put a, uh, uh, a dialogue on, and you could hear the speaker was making noise. You could hear somebody was talking, but that was it. 
And then they put this piece of, uh, I think it was plastic, and they bent it at a 90-degree angle away from the speaker. And the dialogue magically came in loud and clear, crisp high end. I was like, oh, my gosh, that that shouldn't work. It was like real live magic. And now they've done what appears to be uh, their latest Mirai speaker on their website is it appears to be two of those laying on their side. So now I think it's Mm. stereo and it really is the most incredible. If you haven't heard one of these, I I don't know how to explain it. It is particularly for people who are hard of hearing. I have a difficult time hearing if there's any background noise, people talking in the kitchen, I can't hear dialogue on the TV with those. It, it brings the dialogue very crisp and clear right to you. And, uh, and right now on their website, soundfun.net, it's 20% off on the top right corner if you click on that. And then I was sitting there looking at it this morning, and it came up and said, hey, if you give us your email, you can get it at 30% off. So oh. instead of $299, it's uh, uh, 209 for, wow. for one of these speakers. Wow. Uh, if, if you are someone who suffers from tinnitus, tinnitus, however you choose to pronounce it, like I do, man, let me tell you, that is an amazing solution to this so while not cheap and not bluetooth it is a it is a dialogue enhancing speaker that sounds amazing he uh, how much do they how much do they run did you say i I missed it regular price is 299 and right now on soundfun.net there's a thing up in the corner says buy now 20 percent off and then while i was sitting there looking at it after i had clicked on that it came up and said hey give us your email we'll give you another 10 percent off so you can get it as low as 209 right now on soundfun.net. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the other thing I was going to say is like, if you want to, there's a couple of other cheaper solutions. I mean, Apple TV has that enhanced dialogue feature and I know that's supported with home pods. Yeah. Um, and I think just any speakers that you can pair with your Apple TV, you know, can connect, get connected to your Apple TV, but specifically home pods. But then the super cheap solution that I use most of the time and my daughter hates this is I turn on closed captioning. Right. I- that's interesting that your your daughter doesn't use closed captioning. I, I find my kids will often use it to have it on. And, you, you know, the one thing you can do if you're watching something through your Apple TV is you can press the button on the remote and ask the S lady, right. what did they say? And it will rewind you 10 seconds Play the last bit of dialogue, show the closed captions for that 10 seconds, and then they go away. Yeah. Which is. That's uh, a great tip. Another gem, Dave. Right? You didn't know that one? I didn't know that one. That's been a feature for a while. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty I can't tell you how many times I've screwed up and hit the wrong button and completely backed out of the show when I was just trying to back up for 10 seconds. No, just hit the little, you know, the S button on the, on the remote and ask, what did they, because you don't even have to say the the lady's name because you've already triggered the thing and you just say, what did they say? And it jumps back. And I've noticed it will jump back. Like if there's been a pause, like if there's a line set and then there's, you know, a, a pregnant pause or something usually during which we as the family are asking each other, wait, what did they say? What did they say? And it, it will rewind back to the last bit of dialogue. Like it's, it's okay. smart enough to, to know. Yeah. It's, it's pretty good. And it works with Plex. Like it, it's not just limited to things okay. that are, you know, through Apple TV plus or whatever. So okay. I think, I think I've had it work with the Netflix app. Like, yeah, no, it's, it's great. Um, 
I, I agree that HomePod or Sonos would be the right answer here if, you know, JP's using an Apple TV. I did want to address a uh, sort of a, a, a foundational inaccuracy in the, the I want to reject the premise here uh, of, <laughs> of JP's <laughs> statements about Bluetooth speakers being built to compensate for compressed audio because of MP3s. Bluetooth speakers are built to deal with compressed audio, but it's not because we used to use MP3s. Uh, using uncompressed audio now doesn't change this because Bluetooth doesn't have enough bandwidth to send uncompressed audio. So anytime you're using Bluetooth, you are hearing sound that it has been compressed digitally. Now, there are some fantastic codecs out there that really help kind of keep things. And, and Apple's got, you know, their own AAC codec that, that does really well and other manufacturers can support it. Aptex is another one that does really well. So, like, there's some there, there's there's a lot of smarts in these codecs, but you are still if you're using Bluetooth, you are hearing compressed audio whether you whether you're sending it from a compressed source or not that said jp you also mentioned that one of the speakers that you were using is a bose bose their whole sound signature is about low end right like it's you know it's 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 um you know the the joke was you know all highs all lows must be bose um it, it the it, they they kind of tuned their speakers that way so it's possible that whatever you're using has been sort of overtuned on the low end. Uh, I've had good luck with JBL's, uh, like the the flip speakers, their little you know pill shaped uh, Bluetooth speakers. I've had good luck with Sonos's uh, Rome and Move speakers, which are wireless, both Wi-Fi and Bluetooth, and they're battery powered. So that might be a way to go. And they're both. AirPlay capable, which will give you the ability to have uncompressed sound because it's going over Wi-Fi, not Bluetooth. So you might be better, even if that, even if a, you know, a Sonos Roam or whatever is the only Sonos speaker you have, you like, you might be fine with it. And I, I didn't play this part of JP's thing. He says he's not a soundbar person. Uh, I, I would argue that maybe you are like, Everything else you said in your comment makes me think that you want to become a soundbar person because they are engineered for exactly what you're talking about. And like Adam said, the Sonos soundbars, and they're not the only ones, but, you know, many soundbars, including Sonos, have a feature where you can turn it, you know, on enhance the di the clarity of the dialogue or decrease the bass or both, you know. So, like, I, I would I would I would really I would advise checking out soundbars, even though you think you're not a soundbar person. Hey, one last, and a question in yeah. a comment is one last idea is if you're watching alone and you have the Apple TV, you can use the AirPods. You can use two pairs of AirPods though now, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. And that's pretty amazing. I watched a, before Sonos had added Atmos sound, for Apple TV, um, 
I, it, it was one of my, it was like the first South by Southwest that, that was like, you know, semi post COVID lockdowns where some of it happened online and some of it happened in person. I watched a movie. I forget the name of it. I know I talked about it on the show, but it was yeah. a movie about this whole show that you could go see where you would wear headphones and like hear sounds. And the movie was built in, you know, spatial audio and, I was able to watch it in my living room with AirPods in and get the full spatial audio thing going. It was really actually very That's cool. Freaky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So an, another thing with AirPods that I thought about just now was, you know, it has a couple of those modes where you can, I think through accessibility, set them up basically like hearing aids and yes. use live listening. Oh. oh yeah. So you might be able to play around with that and see if you can get better sound through that and i know like in my case i even did because i have tinnitus two pete um you can get an audiogram app where you can actually take an audiogram with your airpods get that profile and add it to your airpods so that they're fine-tuned for your hearing and your range very nice uh, yeah awesome. and, and then the other feature that i know that is uh i think Live listen, but then there's the other one where you can use an iPhone as a listening device. So you could put your iPhone closer to your Bluetooth speaker and then oh yeah, have that pick up the sound and transmit that to your AirPods. I don't know how that would sound. It might not sound great. But yeah, right. You right. might be able to hear voices better. Interesting. Two options with AirPods. Yeah. One other thing I'll throw out there is with Bluetooth, because of the compression you are adding latency, you're a delay to the system. And, and, you know, even the best Bluetooth is still going to be, you know, over a hundred milliseconds, probably closer to 200 milliseconds. And at one second is a thousand milliseconds. So a 20th of a second doesn't seem like a lot. You're sorry. A 20% of a second, one fifth of a second doesn't seem like a lot, but it kind of is. Uh, and you'll notice a, a, a gap between when people's mouths move and when you hear the dialogue, not a big deal for a sporting event when you're, where you're rarely seeing the announcers, you know, on video. And so that, that, you know, one fifth of a second doesn't really matter, but, um, but yeah, just right. bear that in mind, you know, as you're kind of doing this, the Apple TV will compensate for that. The Sonos stuff will compensate for it, but, but th that's all doing it with, Wi-Fi and HDMI, so it's a much tighter um, thing. But, it's pretty yeah. phenomenal how much number crunching is going on on the fly. Oh, yeah. It. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's go to Mike. Mike told me about a feature that I told us about a feature that I didn't really knew, know existed. Um, oh. Yeah, he says, um, I recently came across this new feature in iMessage called contact key verification. And it's, it seems like it's part of seven iOS 17.2, Mac OS 10.2, uh, sorry, Mac OS 14.2, watch OS 10.2. And the idea is that it adds a layer of security and identity confirmation so that the person that you are iMessaging with is the that you think you're iMessaging with is actually the person you're iMessaging with. And I haven't been able to turn this on because I have one iPad that runs an old version of Mac OS that my Apple ID is signed into or uh, iPad OS, sorry. 
that my Apple ID is signed into. But um, you you turn this on and it, it it does some verification sort of automatically. But then you can also get together with someone and share and compare the unique ID numbers and say, yeah, okay, that person, that's the ID that I know of as Pilot Pete. Great. I, you know, let me know if when I'm talking to Pilot Pete, it's not that. Kind of like the old key signing parties that we had with, you know, Open PGP back in the days. But um, yeah. I, have either of you guys, are you like, like this was new to me. I, I it, you know, it totally it, it, new to me. Yeah. 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 Not, not for messages. I mean, I used, I used to with email do the, the whole PGP mime thing. Right. Yeah. I think I've got, sounds very similar to expire in about 10 or 12 years, but (laughs) yeah, I'm guessing a lot of this was added because of all the nation state hacking that was going on of like journalists and stuff like that. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. To turn this on, you go into settings or system settings on your Mac. You go into your, you know, iCloud, Apple ID stuff by tapping on your name and then scroll down and below everything is contact key verification. And and that's where you can enable this. So uh, it's, uh, yeah. That's nice. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. I'm I'm curious to hear from folks who have used it because uh, I obviously I have not yet. And I don't know when I will bring myself to to do that because um, I really kind of like my iPad being able to sync other things, even though it can't run iOS 17. But um, it's it's one that I use on stage for like different things. So, yeah. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep. Seems fascinating. Yeah. Well, we got another question. Harvey from Sharm, New York, wrote in and he wrote, hi, Dave, Pete and Adam. I've been playing around with the new journal app that came with 17.2. I have no problem writing entries, but one thing that I would like to do and can't figure out how or if it's even possible are the things that you write in your journal searchable. For instance, suppose I remember I wrote something about an event I was at during one of my trips, but don't remember which one. Is there a way to search the whole journal using the keyword of the event's name, knowing that it is in one of the texts that I wrote? If that is not a feature of the journal, then it should be. To quote erstwhile co-host of the Mac Geek Gab, John F. Braun, no. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying. He's right. It should be. You can't do it. Yeah. Now, so I, in theory, there should be something here that works. And when I saw this email, I went and immediately tried this. And I don't know if it's just a indexing thing. I hadn't used the journal app yet. So I went in and I wrote, I opened the journal app. I wrote a journal entry. I like you, Pete, no search inside the journal app. No, none of the hidden, you know, pull yeah. down and there's a magic search box hidden under the, right. under the and that's what top I did. Of, I found nothing. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> nothing there. But uh-huh. in theory, Every app on your iPhone has the ability or potential to be searchable. So spotlight. Because if you go, if you go in, exactly. If you go into settings, Siri and search, right? You have the full app list. 
if you tap on any one of those apps, you get a ton of different options. So mm-hmm. there's the option to make the app surface when you're like searching for apps. You can actually turn that off. People might not yeah. know this, right? You can yeah. say, don't have this app show up when I search it here. One of the options is search the app's content. So you would think that if it was searching the app's the content inside the app, which there is a setting for the journal app, that that would make it pop up in that search. I turned it on. It didn't seem to work for me. Uh, I searched specifically for the title of one of my journal posts and it didn't come mm-hmm. up, but it might have been indexing. I haven't had a chance to go back and try it again. That but, or my other thought on why that may not work is the journal is supposed to be something that's private, right? Private. So Yeah, they do password protect it, right? You can't put so. a password on it to protect it. So I don't know. I don't yet have a password on my journal and uh, I am looking for the... I am searching for text that is in the one journal entry that I put in there so far, and it has been in there for a week, and it also does not come up. So I I think, Pete, you're spot on that the journal, even though it says it in the, you can like turn it on and expose it, it does not expose itself, which kind of makes sense from a privacy. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a nice feature request for the journal within the app itself. There should be a searchable. Uh, yes, within the app itself, but most of that is fueled by Spotlight, like apps that take right. advantage, that that show you yeah. search, it, are right. using the Spotlight database just narrowed down, filtered down by the results for that app. So if the journal data is not being put into Spotlight at all, they would have to write a That's bespoke... Th- search feature for journal inside the app. Yeah. Inside the app that was self-contained, not not terribly difficult. Mind you, like, like for, for a company that already has, like they would just need to like take some of that code and say, okay, well build a separate index and do it this way. So, right. Yeah. There are some pretty smart coders over there. I bet they could figure it out. I'm I'm uh, guessing. (laughs) I'm guessing. Yeah. But, uh, and I bet he's not the first one to ask them for it. Yeah, yeah. Send it in. Feed what, yeah. what's it? Apple dot com slash feedback or whatever it is. So it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that that uh, Siri search thing is good to know about. I wish there was a way to more globally set the options in there because basically every app that I think is on by default, and you have to go app by app and turn things off. But I like to turn a lot of things off because there's like a lot of apps like I don't care to get contents results from you know some right. game that I. Yeah, exactly. whatever like i don't even know if it would ever surface anything or like there's a lot of apps that i just don't want sh- showing up when i'm searching for apps because i just don't care i don't use them frequently enough yeah right to, right you know i'll go in and go to the the regular app search screen and pull it up that way but yep. you can declutter your siri search by going through all those apps and messing with all those settings that are in there yep and I would think in the in the meantime, if you if that's something that's essential to you, I'd use a separate folder in Notes and make my journal entries in there. Oh. And that would be searchable. Yeah, yeah. The journal app is really nice, really nice though, because it does you know surface photos and music and yeah. make recommendations and suggestions, and it's pretty neat. Yep. It is a cool app. Yeah. Yep. No doubt about it. Yep. Yeah. All right, um, Gene has a question for us. And he says, uh, I am in the head exploding process of starting to get some smart devices for my house. 
I wondered if you might be able to give some advice as to where or what to start with, perhaps an older episode or something else. So I, I throw this out to us because uh, I know we all, I mean, we've talked about it in this episode haphazardly, right. you know, where is a good place for one to begin with smart home? Adam, you want to, you want to start? I with would this? say get one of those little simple plug-in things for like one lamp or one device, you know, and mess around with that. Like, yep, that's a really simple place to start and get familiar with how HomeKit works and stuff like that. And it doesn't cost a lot. You know, I think you can get these things for like probably 20 bucks now, I would guess. I haven't gone out to look for them. Um, when I did my house, uh, I started with, or another one would just be a smart bulb. Uh, that has those features built in i they're more expensive but i really liked the lifex bulbs i used yeah. a lot of those i still have yeah. a bunch of them that i haven't even plugged back in um they have some great features but i know prices have come down on that too so get one simple device like i would start with a light either the little lamp plug-in switch where you plug in a thing or just a a bulb a simple smart bulb and yep. play around with those you know and then it it will take off from there. You'll want more, more and more I, and more things. I feel like you need a killer app for yourself. Like not just something that you're going to play with, but something that's, that's going to have a meaningful impact on your life. Because for me, I had all kinds of stuff. You know, people would send us things or I would buy things. And it was like, oh, yeah, look, I can turn on the Christmas tree with my thing. And it's like, okay, well, that's cool. It's, you know, three weeks of the year or something. It wasn't until I bought a set. And this was, you know, 100 years ago. So it was it was $200 to buy a set of four Philips Hue bulbs. Yep. Uh, now they're much less expensive than that. Any kind of smart bulbs. And I put them all outside, which you're not supposed to do with the Philips bulbs. I can tell you, this was 100 years ago. The bulbs all still work. Again, knock on wood. <laughs> um, but just setting them up so that the lights in my, you know, on my front door and my driveway came on at sunset and went off at midnight every night was a game changer. I, like, we didn't have to think, oh, yeah, it's dark. You got to go turn on the light. Or, oh, before bed, you got to turn off the light. Or... Even better, we've been out all day. It got dark. We come home and the freaking driveway is, you know, dark. And now it lights up like it does every night. And so that for me was the the, the light bulb moment, if you will, <laughs> right where it was like, oh, okay, wait a minute. I get this now. I see. And, and then it was like, all right, I want other things I want to eliminate this friction in my life by doing this with other things. So, yes, there are still some things that I have that are just sort of cool and geeky, but I think it's important to find a thing. And and your example of a light bulb, Adam, I think is a great one because there are those lights that that we just sort of naturally turn on and turn off at at routine times. Save yourself yep. the routine. So, yeah. I, you know, yeah. yeah. I, I would agree with that too. Cause when I, I did my lights, that was the other nice thing is like, yeah, and I'm getting older and inevitably, you know, you'd, you'd head to bed and then you yeah. kind of think, Oh, did I turn off all the lights or yeah. not? And then you could just be like, S lady, 
Yeah. Go to bed. I, I think I had an automation yeah. that was like, yeah. go to bed. And it just turned everything off yeah. in one statement. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So in our Discord chat, Grumpy Mike suggests the Moras outlets. He, he was stating that, uh, you know, that's a great way to start things to control regular plug-in lights. So you don't even need a smart, smart bulb sure. get the outlet and control that. I started with the Hue bulbs as well and absolutely love them. We have them in... I think four or five rooms in the house and uh, my son loves it. He, you know, the colors and the dim settings and one of the, actually one of the really nice things in, in the master bedroom, we have one and I can whisper into my watch at, if I have to get up at three thirty, three forty-five in the morning, I'll whisper into my watch, turn on the master bedroom light to 10%. And it gives me just enough light to get up and not stub my toe, but it's not so yeah. bright that it wakes my wife up. And <laughs> yeah. Huh. And so, yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, so I, that's, that's how I use the lights. The other two things that I've got that I have really liked over the years, uh, we have a townhome in Pensacola. I have one of the Nest thermostats mm. and boy, is that great. I can set the, the temperature in that townhome and I leave it in a wide range. So it isn't trying to keep it super cool in the summer or super warm in the winter. But if I know someone's coming, Ahead of time, I can turn it up so when they get there, it's a comfortable temperature. Uh, when people leave and we have somebody come in to clean it before anyone else comes in, I can set the temperature down so that the lady that cleans the place isn't doing it in 90-degree heat. Yeah. And the, and then, but when she leaves, I don't have to say, don't forget to turn the thermostat down. I can reset it to our away mode and go from there. And the other thing that we have is a Schlage deadbolt. Yep. And I can, you can put in codes. So I have family members, they have their own codes to that door lock. They can put their codes in to let them in, let them out. And I can control, add codes, remove codes remotely. And that, that's also a, a really nice feature. Um, and because it, here was the other cool thing. We got a real hardware store right down the street from there. I was able to take the key from the doorknob which was also a Slage doorknob and say, make it work in the deadbolt before I installed oh. it. So I've got one key that works all the externals on, on that townhome. All right. Yeah. So folks clearly like th this is, this is the beginning of this conversation. Cause I, yeah. I think finding the entry point and it's going to be different for each of us, but sure. finding that entry point is, is going to be the key. If you're not already on smart home. And even if you are, like, you know, if you were on lights like me and then heard Pete talking about the smart locks, it's like, oh, wait a minute. That's actually kind of cool. So I would love for each of you to write in feedback at MacGeekGab.com and tell us what was your entry point to this. And we will obviously share that in future episodes. Yeah, Hold on. Where do you want to write, Dave? Feedback at MacGeekGab.com. Yep. He said feedback at MacGeekGab.com. He did. Okay. That's right. Uh, um, we, oh, go ahead, Adam. I just have one, one other little thing. I think again, because this is like where to start out kind of question. Yep. And I know we've mentioned a couple of devices. I think this is less of an issue now. I've kind of not dove back into the whole home automation thing, but I mean, if you're an Apple person, I would at first, at first very much try to stick to home kit yeah. and home kit compatible yeah. devices. It's better uh, now. You can do the home bridge yeah. thing and all that other stuff to get other devices that are not and i think there's with thread and all the other things that have come out since there's more support and compatibility but i would try to stay in that you know it's a home kit device world if you're an apple person because it's just going to make your life easier at first 
and then you won't have to do a lot of the geekery. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, limit the friction to start out. I like that advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, we are uh, next week heading to CES, and I we wouldn't be able to do it without our uh, CES 2024 coverage sponsors. So I, I just wanted to take a minute and thank each and every one of them. Mac updater from core code. One of my favorite apps. I was just using it last night before I did the most recent update to Mac OS. It's like, I, I always, it's nice to just know my apps are always up to date and we really appreciate having Mac updater on board as a sponsor. Carbon copy cloner from the folks at Bombic. Another, uh, it, and and now sort of uh, we're calling it CCC backup because it's doing more backups than cloning these days. And I am ever so appreciative for it. I've been using CCC for years and uh, it's fantastic. And even though we don't do much cloning anymore, I still find CCC a valuable tool and collide at uh, KOLIDE.com amazing support for all of the enterprise stuff that they do and managing all your devices in different ways. Go check that out too. And uh, we've got links in the show notes, of course, for uh, all of these sponsors. And again, our sincere thanks for being able to make this trip work and, and being able to bring you folks all the coverage that, uh, that we're going to be able to do. Pete and I'll be out there. Adam will be manning the fort back at, uh, <laughs> back in the snowy tundra, and yep. uh yeah you'll become mac geek Ab east instead of west that's right that's right <laughs> yep absolutely all right let's uh so thank you to all of our our sponsors it really it makes a huge difference uh pete you want to uh, you want to start off uh cool stuff found for this episode yeah so i had uh seen years ago you don't know jack a game a oh computer yeah game that was fun and uh you know and i knew they had expanded some well of course, my sister was here and my nephews were here for Christmas and my my daughter's home from college and my son's here. And the other night after uh, Christmas, we sat around and we played some Jackbox games at jackboxgames.com. It's really cool. You, once you have the game on your computer, you uh, at least the, how we did it, my nephew did an airplay to the TV and then we all go to, it tells you what website to go to and what code to enter. And we all play from our smartphones, uh, trivia and quiplash, where it'll ask a question and you have to put in a silly answer. And the person with the most votes for the silliest answer it winds up winning. Um, it, what a fun way to spend a, a few hours with family just laughing our butts off. So jackboxgames.com. That was a great way to spend an evening and i think they have an app for the apple tv like i i don't think you they even do. needed to airplay oh either. even better okay yeah. all right i've yeah, never well, i played you don't know jack i i somehow made it through covid lockdowns without using it without ever playing jackbox games and, I, and i'm not quite sure how that happened right but uh if you, I, you're you're a game playing household adam have you played oh yeah yeah okay these this is great too especially uh you know over the holidays when people are getting together and stuff like that. It's super, super fun. We also do it a lot at conferences because you can have everybody just on a device, you know, iPad, an iPhone or a computer and just sit around in a circle and, and play these games too. I mean, I played this a lot with uh, our friend Barry. Oh yeah. <laughs> many, many times. 
Um, yeah, and there's a bunch of different packs um, that you can get. I I like the just the original Jackbox Party Pack, which has you don't know Jack, a thing called Drawful, which is kind of like a Pictionary sort of game where you like draw things, and then Fibbage is another great game where basically they give you a obscure trivia fact with like one piece of information left out. Sure. And then what everybody does is they try to fill in that piece of information and you're trying to fool the others into thinking that your answer is the correct truthful oh, answer. That's right? fun. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so yeah. Huh. that's another great one. But uh, yeah, Quiplash, Fibbage and uh, you don't know Jack are probably my favorite ones. They have a ton of other stuff. A lot of them I haven't even played. Like they add new things all the time. Yeah. But I would definitely recommend any one of those to start out with, and then you can kind of expand out from there. Cool. Cool. Awesome. Um, you mentioning Barry reminded me that Barry is, and and will always have the distinction of being our first, and because he continues, therefore, longest uh, running premium supporter here at Mac Geekab. And I would be remiss if I did not thank Barry for his $10 contribution in the last couple of weeks. It's been a couple of weeks since we've thanked our premium supporters. So thank you, Barry, for your $10 contribution and also $10 contributions from Warren in Gloucester, uh, Brian in Southbury, Santiago in Palm City, John in Wake Forest, Kevin in Edison, Michael in Robbins, Matthew in Forked River, Bill in, uh, I think he's got an APO box, uh, Jeff in Chesterson, James in Amity Harbor, Joseph in Marietta, Paul in Lawrenceville, Stephen in Plainfield, Jonathan in Plainsboro, Gary in Babylon, John in Vienna. Thanks to each of you for your $10 contributions. Thanks to Bob and Lepesh for your $15 contribution. And thanks to the following for your $25 contributions. Richard in Melbourne, Kenneth in New Lambton, Doug in Rochester, Kurt in Princeton, Joe in Kingsley, Antonio and Brett in Lands Unknown, Phil in Santa Fe, Richard in Sands Point, Jeffrey in Alamogordo. I think I got that right. John yes. in Laverne and Wayne in Coon Rapids and Barry in Delray Beach. Different Barry. And then thanks to Ben in Berkeley for a $36 contribution. Walter in Rochester for a $40 contribution and Chuck in Boulder for a $50 contribution. Thanks to all of you for your support. If you want to learn more about Mac Ecab premium, it's at MacGeekab.com slash premium. And I want to take a minute and talk about a cool stuff found that I found that might. Well, I use, I, I like listening to audible books sometimes driving around in my car or what have you. And re recently I started listening to the book uh, by Getty Lee, the the singer and bass player in the band Rush. And it's been fantastic because he put out a book which has some great pictures in it, but the audiobook is read by Getty Lee. And I thought, you know, I'm into liberating all of my content. Like I've paid for these books. They are mine, but I want them. I want to be able to like listen to them my way, not just with the Audible app. And so I searched a little bit and I found a piece of software called Libation at getlibation.com. And it is meant to liberate your Audible library into either M4B or you can convert them to MP3 if you want. 
And, uh, and then those M4B files can be played with lots of different things, including Apple's books and, you know, uh, Plex. It turns out listener Mark said, I, and, and this is brilliant. I immediately went and did this. Mark says, I, I liberated all my books and then I went and created a separate music library in my Plex that I named audiobooks, and I just pointed it at the folder of my M4B files. And not only does it play them, but it pulled in all the metadata for them from whatever Magic Plex does to do I'll that. Do it, no. Yeah. And <laughs> it, it just works great. It knows that they're audiobooks, and it sort of treats them differently and all of those things. And then he says, I use an app called Prologue at prologue.audio. And all these things are linked in the show notes, of course, uh, for uh, playing audiobooks from Plex. Like it is a purpose built app to do that so that you've got all the support you need for maintaining your spot in the book and and pointing at the right library and just being the more book experience, including CarPlay support. So that's amazing. And then um, Robster, also in our Discord chat, suggested Open Audible which it does sort of the same thing that libation does just a little bit differently. So you can check all of those out if you want to uh, free your audible library. Yeah. I love me some open audible. In fact, I think yeah. I used it as a cool stuff found once you, I, uh, it, a couple of years back. Once yeah. I heard about it, I was like, Oh, wait a minute. This might be yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. Check with your local laws if you wish before heading down this path. I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I'm yeah. telling you your content, you bought it. Use yeah. it for, yeah, you know, don't give it away to other people. That's Correct. not what it's for. That's not but what to it's be for. be able to listen to it on your. On my terms. Yes. Yep. The DMCA, man. Yep. Worst law ever. Yep. Yep. Because copyright allows for format shifting, but DMCA undid all that. Un- somehow there's undid encryption. all encryption. Well, because. Because it's protected, right? It was why we couldn't do DVDs or, yeah. you know, it's why you were allowed to make mixtapes back in the day. Correct. But because you could format shift because it was your content and you bought it. But the minute they added protection on it, that law said, so you could still legally make the copy, but it was illegal to break encryption. So because the yeah. encryption key was copyrighted, that's the, that was the <laughs> trick to that, right? They copyrighted the oh. actual key. It was one key used for every DVD. It had to be in order for manufacturers to be able to make a DVD player, right? It would work. Correct. <laughs> but that yeah. key itself was copyrighted and therefore needed to be licensed to someone using it, you know, printing a DVD yeah, and it, then also it, to the make. Whole, yeah. So the whole thing's dumb. You could go and like there were T-shirts for sale with that encryption key on them if you really wanted to be a lawbreaker. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Is it DSS John or whatever? Yeah, the DSS thing. John. Yeah, exactly. Yo, yo, <laughs> I forgot about that. That's ridiculous. Uh, I think we have time for one more cool stuff found. If, if you, if either of you have one, take it. If you don't, I've got one for us all. I think. Go, man. All right. It's going to be me. So Rod shared this in the chat and it has in discord and it has been one of the more popular threads that we have in discord. It is the MT 3000 from GL.inet. It's or it's the GL dash MT 3000 pocket sized Wi-Fi six travel router. And 
what's cool about this is a couple things. One, it's built to travel with. So if you need to bring a router with you to, you know, your Airbnb or whatever, you've got it. But the other thing is that it has built in tail scale integration. So you can join it to your tail net and be home no matter where you are, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, so this That's that awesome. is pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And uh, it's available on Amazon for, well, it's it's $110 minus a $25 coupon if you want to go down that page. And it it's built to work with captive portals in, you know, public networks or hotels or whatever. And you can connect with Wi-Fi. So it, it like it's oh, built to be your okay. thing. Yeah, exactly. Like, cause I'm looking at the back of it, the, the picture that you have up on, yeah. on the screen for those watching. And it's obviously it's cat five cables going it, but if it'll connect via Wi-Fi too. Yes. And that's, then that's what I am told. Sub network. Correct. Oh, that's yeah. brilliant. Yep. Yep. Because I actually still have one of those little airport expresses that works that yep. used to carry around, but good luck finding a cat five connection in a hotel room. Anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure from the discussions, I don't have one of these, but I'm pretty sure okay. from the discussions, that's what it does. We need to get you one of these, Pete, so you can test this there for you us. Go. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. And last year, oh, earlier this year, I found out that the Ethernet ports in a lot of hotels still work to connect yeah. to their internet. That's right. You guys were all ready to move. Oh, God. my, my <laughs> Adam, Lisa almost, like, I'm lucky to have survived this. We got to a hotel in New York. And we both had a lot of work to do. And, but we were there on like a, a it was right after MacStock. In fact, you know, we, yeah. we, we, I flew to, right. wherever. Oh, you went to New York. Yeah. We went to Philly to see a couple of fish concerts and then New York to see a couple of fish concerts. And when we got to New York, we had an Airbnb in Philly. It was great. When we got to New York, we both had like, you know, a solid days of, of real work to do. And we unpacked everything in our hotel room. And that's when we realized we were in the corner of the hotel that gotten almost no Wi-Fi. Like there was no world. And so I'm like, crap. And so I'm like walking around the halls with my laptop, finding which rooms. And there was one access point per floor. And it, right. it was actually one access point per every other floor Ugh. at the Courtyard Marriott Times Square. Great hotel. Otherwise, perfect location. I would stay there again. And so I went downstairs and I'm like, we got to move. And they're like, okay. And so we go to other rooms and we're like bouncing around. And it's like, we find one room that's like, okay. It's got like an, uh, the couch is kind of messed up and it's like, whatever we'll, we'll deal. And so we pack up all our stuff and I go and open the dresser drawer by the bed to make sure I didn't like put something in there. And there's an ethernet cable in there. And I have this moment of thought and I'm like, <laughs> wait a minute we like this room the best, like uh, other than the Wi-Fi, And I plug in, it's like, yep, works perfectly. Yeah. Yep. Lisa's like, yeah. we're staying here. Aren't we? I'm like, yep. She's like, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I specifically recently put a cat five cable back in my laptop bag. I didn't have one for forever yeah. for this exact reason, because yeah. I would get to a hotel and it would have bad Wi-Fi. And then I'd be like, oh, there's an Ethernet port there. And I don't have an Ethernet cable, you know. And in a lot of cases, I'm in places where 
there's not a Best Buy around the corner or right. whatever. Like, I don't, like, yeah. I, I can't just go get a cable. Well, not only I, was probably I, if I asked the front desk, they might they give would me one. Not I only was I in Manhattan that. where I could walk, you know, 18 feet in either direction and buy get an Ethernet cable, cable yeah. but I do travel with one and I had at least one with me and just never thought to try it. So let that yeah. be a lesson to me and all of us. Thanks for hanging out with us, everybody. Fun stuff. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. So yep. real quick, from the there's a nice discussion going on in Discord and uh, Grumpy Mike says, I love my barrel. This is the the the, the, the router Y-L. thing that we talked yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah, yep. the B E R Y L says it has all uh it, it works with other VPNs. He has his set to use with private internet access account. And it connects via Wi-Fi. And then Grumpy Mike says, my big trick is to set the Wi-Fi to the same as my home Wi-Fi SSID and password. Oh. And then once the barrel is online, your devices connect and think they're at home. You don't need to run around putting all your devices on. Oh, that's brilliant. Oh, yeah. yeah. I got to get one of these, too. Okay. Yeah. yeah why <laughs> not? Jones, baby. <laughs> why not? Just, yeah, yeah the home Wi-Fi thing. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I like that. Nice. Thanks, Grumpy Mike. Amazing. Amazing, amazing. Thanks for hanging out with us, everybody. It's been a blast, as it always is. Uh, Thanks to all of you for listening. Thanks. Take a minute and share the show with a friend or on your social media or something. We would love that. Thanks to Cashfly for providing all the bandwidth to get the show from us to you. Uh, thanks to our sponsor, of course, LinkedIn Jobs at LinkedIn.com slash MGG. And uh, yeah, Happy New Year, everybody. Thanks for thanks for hanging out with us. Happy New Year. Yeah. Um, Adam, Happy New Year aren't the only three words that we like to say. Do you have three others that maybe come to mind? Don't get caught. Made on a Mac. I was going to get caught in Japanese, wasn't it, Pete? It was indeed.